Welcome, one and all, to the Bomber Hour portion of the CGOB Sports Show. My name is Christian O'Mel. Bob Irving is back at the Polo Park studio. Bob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Christian. How are you doing? Well, I learned yesterday that I don't think my place actually has air conditioning. It went down to 23, <laughs> and that was as cold as it got last night when I turned on the cool function. So I now have every window open. It's been a windy day, so let's help in getting some fresh air circulating. But the thermostat still says 24. So It'd be nice if the wind went down a little bit, but I'm not going to complain. After the crummy no. weather we had in April and early May, it's been in the mid to high 20s for the last week now, and it can carry right on. Absolutely. So we'll get right into our first guest joining us from one province over. It is the quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It is Zach Caleros. Zach, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Zach. First question is, you have a small little human, a daughter in your house that is just over a month old. Are you getting any sleep? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, sleep comes and goes. It's been, she's been great. Uh, Nicole's been great. So um learning to to live on a little less sleep but uh she's a good baby so we've we've been uh very lucky in that respect well and if you were in training camp zach you you would be here in winnipeg and you wouldn't be home with your your new daughter so uh, that's one of the blessings of covid for you i guess is it yeah definitely we were talking about that actually uh the day we were supposed to report just Mm. uh how hard it would have been uh, to do that. But, you know, I mean, a lot of people do it, but uh, I think I was walking out of our, our door that morning to uh, to go to the garage to work out. And I looked at my wife like, man, this would be really tough to leave. Like, I'm just, I'm so used to staying home with her. Like, how, how do people, how do people do it? You know, so uh, it, it, it would have been tough. But uh, like you said, it's one of the blessings, I guess, of the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah, well, and it's what you do. You're a football player. Tell us, to so you're in Southern Ontario, um, give us kind of the the view from there of this pandemic and and how it's affecting the country. Is it seen different in Ontario than it might be in Manitoba, where we've had so few cases? I I mean, it doesn't seem that different. Uh, I mean, we we don't know anybody affected. You know, luckily, um, you know, it's been tough for us with my parents being on the other side of the border, uh, not being able to come across to to meet the baby. But uh, with respect to living. Uh, here in Ontario, um, you know, things are still moving along. It, you know, uh, my my job is in the off-season is working out. So I usually go to the gym. Um, I pack a lunch or I go get a lunch and I come home and do things uh, to try to get the house ready for when my wife, my wife comes home uh, from her job. So not much has changed except for people telling me that I'm not allowed to leave, which uh, <laughs> doesn't sit too well with me. But um yeah, uh, you know, it's it's different. People are definitely more aware um, about the, uh, you know, the social distancing and all that. And, um, but I think you could tell, you know, some people are are starting to. Uh, I don't know. It's it's tough to talk about. Well, sure <laughs> it is. Yeah. Look, we're going to talk I some. Don't know. How's it out there? Well, it's <laughs> we're all in the same boat, I guess. Uh, the weather's turned nice here, and as I say, we've we've got very few cases now. They've started to open things up a little bit here, so I think people yeah. are getting pretty optimistic about uh, what might happen in the weeks ahead. Although none of us know. So we're, we're going to talk football, but I want to ask you one more. Did you have sort of a COVID moment when it hit you that this virus was going to turn? the world upside down and turn your profession upside down, at least temporarily. 
I think it was, uh, yeah, I've been kind of following along um, with what was going on in Italy. I remember seeing some stuff online um, about what was going on in China, but then when they started to, you know, order the stay-at-home orders in Italy, that's when I kind of was like, wow, this is weird. Um, this might this might be what happened here. So I, <laughs> being the uh, the crazy person that I am, started going to the grocery store, and, you know, every once in a while I'd pack, I'd, I'd uh, buy some canned goods, and my wife's looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, you never know. You never know when they're going to say we can't leave our house. So we stocked up pretty well on that. But I think when uh, – when Rudy Gobert tested positive uh, in the NBA, and that was a big story, and then I think my little brother called me like a day or two later, and he's a college baseball player, and he told me his season was canceled. So that's when I was like, wow. And I felt really bad. Like I felt awful for him, obviously. And, and you know, seniors in college everywhere and, and seniors in high school, you know, going into the spring sport, I just felt really bad about that. And that was kind of the moment I was like, man, this is this, – this could change some things for a while. So it all happened fast, you know, you know, one government did one thing and then everybody kind of followed. Sure. So Christian, I'll throw it back to you for a football question. Yeah, Zach, (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned you're going to your garage to work out. What are you able to do at home during this that to stay in prime game shape when you don't know when games are actually going to start up? I'm just trying to stay consistent. Um, it's obviously harder. I've for the last four or five years, I've paid you know to work to work out with somebody. So it's definitely easier when there's somebody coaching you and and telling you what to do and, and motivating you. But uh, I'm lucky enough to the, the person I was training with allowed me to take some weights on with me, and I bought bought some mats and stuff from Canadian Tire, and I have I have all the necessary things. I, I bought a a net to put in my backyard, and uh, so I'm able to throw into that. So it's it's a little it's obviously not just a little different, it's different, but um, I'm just trying to stay consistent, you know, because you never know, you know, information seems to uh, change every day with this thing. So uh, I'm just trying to stay as prepared as I possibly can. You know, Zach, if you're starting to hang out at Canadian Tire, you're really becoming a Canadian, you know that, eh? (laughs) Every time I talk to my friends back home, I mean, you guys, I mean, I'm sure it's the same experience for you guys, like, we would do uh, the Zoom calls and uh, the house party calls and the FaceTime calls. I feel like I'm talking to, to more, more people now that this happened than I haven't talked to in a long time. But every time I, I get on there, after about four minutes, I'm like, damn, man, you really like sound Canadian now. Like, you really you really sound like a Canadian. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've, I've been living here now for like five years. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, Canadian Tire, I love that place. It's great. Well, so do I. It's one of my favorite places in the world. All right, Zach Kolaris. Yeah. They're not a sponsor, are they? <laughs> no. The Bomber Hour continues now. Christian O'Mel, Bob Irving, and Winnipeg Blue Bomber quarterback Zach Kolaros. Zach, we talked about what you're doing workout-wise. What about film work? What about studying the playbook as Buck Pierce takes over as offensive coordinator this year? Yeah, I've just tried to start from the beginning and uh, – you know, go back through from where I started last year. Um, they've done a good, Buck's done a good job and the coaching staff of loading stuff up uh, for us on the computer to, um, to learn uh, whether it's a playbook or different cut-ups and uh, different types of reads. So just kind of refreshing my mind there and, um, you know, watching the different defenses in the league. And, you know, I, I really enjoy watching a lot of the college and uh, NFL stuff to try to get some ideas and uh, go back and forth with Buck there and, and, uh, you know some of the other quarterbacks. It, it's been uh, it's been great. Just uh, again trying to uh, stay sharp with with what we do, as well as 
uh, you know, learn some new stuff, talk about it with Buck, and uh, see if maybe we can turn it into to what we do. Zach, it looks like the best we can hope for is maybe an eight-game season starting early September. Would uh, would that be a, a satisfactory model for you? I I just want to play. I think uh, I think all of us just want to play. You know, no matter what sport we're talking about. You know, it's uh, you know it's our job. It's what we do. So uh, eight games, ten games, twelve games, six games. I think everybody would be happy just to get back on the field and. Um, I think you know it'd just be a good a good feeling for everybody involved. So um, you know whatever the CFL decides to do, I, I know you know obviously um, we're kind of uh, you know at the disposal of what the what the government decides to do, right? So yeah. I know they're trying to track that, um, and that's a day to day thing. But um, you know, from following along, um, you know, down south, there's a lot more information obviously out there about what those leagues are trying to do. I know we're a little bit different, but um, they seem to have some positive momentum going down there, so I'm hoping that uh, trickles up, up up here. Yeah, it's I know it's hard for uh, Randy Ambrosi to come up with anything specific because nobody knows in the 1st right. of September, you know, what the landscape is going to look like. So it's, it's very difficult to nail anything down. It changes basically on a week-to-week basis. So right, it, right. it's tough. It, it, eh? it's, it's weird, yeah, it's I mean, I haven't read enough about it, obviously, but I don't know why the the September date was chosen, right? I mean, but again, you know, it's there's 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 so much so much info out there, and it changes so often. Um, we'll, I guess we'll see, but it is. I think it is encouraging that uh, you know the state, the uh, the leagues down there in the states have seem to have some positive momentum. Um, you know, with getting you know the NBA maybe coming back, NHL. And even MLS, and then you know, obviously, you know, the NFL is going to play. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that that momentum carries up here. Yeah, the NFL is going to play. They don't know how many stadiums they'll be able to fill. And again, there's so right. many, uh, so many unanswered questions. Christian, go ahead. Well, Zach, you, I, I could take a shot at the Argos and say you were in Toronto, so you you were used to playing or being in a stadium where there weren't a ton of fans. But uh, I'll just ask you this: <laughs> What could it be like potentially? playing football in the fall with either an empty stadium or just a few thousand people in there. How will that change the game for you or will it even impact you at all? I mean, it would definitely be different. Um, the feel of the game of, of pregame would definitely be a different thing. Um, you know, I always say in interviews, you know, once you get out there, you know, you're kind of in a zone and you don't really hear the crowd and um, you're just focused on what you uh, what you're trying to do. And, and that's true, but it, it would be a different feel for sure. Um, you know, but if that's the best case scenario for us to get on the field, you know, like I said, you know, guys want to play. Um, so, you know, we'll do, we'll do whatever's asked of us. This must be uh, for you, Zach. And this was a new chapter in your career. You came in here late last year and led the Bombers to that incredible Grey Cup win. And you saw the celebration of the fans here in Winnipeg. You must have been fired up about, here we go, let's do it again. And now you got to kind of, and I know it's frustrating for everybody, but kind of put into yeah. words how how aggravating this has been for you, if that's the right word. That's a good way to put it. Um, definitely aggravating, frustrating, all those things. I mean, it was just such a great experience last year. It was, uh, you know, it was short-lived, obviously. And, uh, you know, not being able to have my family out there with me for a majority of it was tough. Um because again, you want to experience that with family and, and, and the 
you know, the people of Winnipeg were so great, you know, so welcoming, uh, so gracious. Um, you know, be, you know that, that first game uh, I was able to play there against Calgary running out uh, of the tunnel, you know, um, the applause was, was just amazing. I was so excited to run out there this year. Um, hello? <laughs> so, Paul, so was that your phone? Yeah, I got to shut my yeah, phone off. Phone. Carry on, Zach. <laughs> That's a great ringtone. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was just so excited to run out there with the guys, but, you know, it's going to happen eventually at some point. And, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. You know, so much momentum going into this year, and, uh, you know, we have a lot of guys coming back. So we're all uh, we're all frustrated, aggravated, but we're all, you know, also anxious and excited to get back out there. I, I know guys are staying ready, and, you know, whenever we get that call, we'll be ready to go. Well, we hope to see you here soon. It certainly doesn't look like it'll be before maybe sometime in August, but uh, let's have some football this year. I think we all feel that way. Zach, thanks a lot for doing this tonight. We really appreciate it. No problem, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Christian O'Mell, Bob Irving, who has silenced his phone. Who would call Bob in the middle of a radio show? Come on. Uh, look, I never said I was a Mensa candidate. I usually <laughs> shut my phone off before I come in. I just forgot, Christian. I forgot. It's okay, Bob. We'll let Thanks. you. We'll let you pass on this one. <laughs> yeah. We're heading now out east to New Brunswick, where we are joined by longtime Blue Bomber defensive tackle Jake Thomas. Jake, how's life out east tonight? Uh, it's going well. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And how has life perhaps been uh, different for you over the past couple months in a province that's done a real good job handling COVID nineteen? Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely been interesting. Um, Starting tomorrow, I think we're actually going to move into phase three. So a lot of things are actually starting to open up here. Uh, the biggest change, I think, uh, would just be not being able to go to the gym. So that's kind of what my whole off season kind of evolves around. But uh, I was lucky enough the uh, day that it was uh, closing that the uh, owner of the gym that I train at allowed uh, me to be able to rent out a bunch of stuff. So I was able to kind of get a nice little garage gym going and, uh, it's definitely been interesting. Uh, it's really slowed down the pace of life out here, which already had a pretty slow pace. Now, that's the first time, Jake, in your career that you're going to not play football in June, July, August. Um, man, what a change that is for you. Yeah, I know. Usually my wife's ready for me to go by this time. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see how these next few months go. What have you been doing with yourself uh, during this period other than working out? Like, what does a guy do in Fredericton, New Brunswick in the spring? Go fishing? Uh, so, yeah, I actually live, uh, like, where I live is right on the uh, Nashwalk River. So there's uh, some pretty good fishing. I actually uh, picked up, I've started to golf for the first time, really, in a long time. So I've, uh, the golf course, I live five minutes away from a golf course. So I've actually been out uh 11 times in the last three weeks. So uh, definitely golf more in the last three weeks than I have uh, probably in the last 10 years. You have to challenge Justin Medlock when you get back here. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> He's maybe, pretty good. <laughs> maybe Braxton Medlock. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Jake, you were coming off the Grey Cup win last year, and again, we've talked to Zach Claris and other players about how frustrating this all is, but there's one... Uh, kind of moment that I'll never forget. And Christian, you were on the field when this happened. Uh, the, uh, the award ceremony after the Grey Cup game in Calgary, you were the first player to hoist it, and Michael Shea made sure that you were. What did that mean to you? 
Well, you know, uh, at first I didn't really know what was going on. I was like, is someone pulling my leg? Am I, on, uh, am I getting punked? But, uh, no, it was definitely, uh, definitely, uh, anyway, in that moment, everyone's so excited, but, uh, kind of be the, uh, representation of the team and just being there that long and knowing how long the drought had been, uh, it was, it was pretty special to be the first one to touch it to kind of end that, uh, very long drought. Yeah. Christian? Just quickly, Jake, looking ahead to the, I don't know, next four or five months, do you think the idea of a September start is something feasible for the league? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's kind of hard for me to, uh, like, I feel like being in New Brunswick right now, like, it's it's kind of hard to know what everything else is going on in the country. We've basically had zero or one or two cases for the last month. So, like, stuff has been opening up. Um you know, I think everyone's kind of in the same kind of position, wait and see and hope uh, hope it happens. But, uh, you know, I think uh, we have a lot of trust in the players union, the league. Uh, hopefully they're able to get something done. And I think a shortened season uh, would only benefit uh, us. We're returning a lot of guys. So if that's the case, I think uh, we should be able to hit the ground running. Well, that's a great point. Hey, Jake, thanks for doing this. We much appreciate your taking the time. I know uh, – we're all, those of us who are involved in the game in one way or another, looking forward to some football this year. Let's hope we have it. Thanks again, Jake. Yeah, thanks for having me. Welcome to the second half of the Bomber Hour. Christian O'Mell, Bob Irving with you. And normally, Bob, you would be around this time of year getting ready to spend a lot of time with our next guest, both in Winnipeg and on the road, your tag team partner, Doug Brown. And we welcome in Doug Brown now. Doug, do you miss Bob? Do you miss hanging out with your buddy? I'm just – Bob, is the preseason game on Sunday canceled? <laughs> yeah, apparently it is. I was going to say oh. there was supposed to be a game on Sunday, the 24th of May. When I far, first saw that schedule back in the winter, I thought, holy dino, I've never seen that before. It's, uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's been postponed, Doug. <laughs> we can still hang out, though, right? Oh, we could, yeah. Six hours or so? Yeah, we could. We, we could talk, spend six you know? hours together. That would be. We haven't done that for a while. <laughs> we should just do a coffee, uh, a coffee talk, you know, kind of thing. Like, sure. uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we'll figure something out. So how, how have you, uh, Mr. Brown dealt with this uh, world oh, we live in? My goodness. You know, no football, no gyms, no buffets. It's like an, an attack, a personal attack on my existence. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty strange. It's been bizarre. Um, I'm super, uh, excited and proud, though, about obviously how well Manitoba has been doing, though. Uh, we had our zero streak broken the other day by a, a single blip, but we're back to the zeros again. So it's uh, it's just fantastic how well everybody has embraced, uh, you know, the necessities of life right now and, and following the guidelines that have been outlined by, uh, by the province. So it's uh, the province responded fantastically well, and hopefully – I mean, I don't know. Maybe we can just have alumni games for the CFL in, in, in Manitoba, right? Versus the, the defending Great Cup champs or something. But yeah. uh, it certainly feels like things should return to normal here uh, sooner rather than later. I'm don't you to, feel? I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I, I certainly feel that way. I'm trying to think of which alumni uh, I'd be comfortable watching if they suited up to play a game. <laughs> you, you might be one, Doug. Uh, we're all wrecked. So Bob Cameron's going to be on the show tomorrow night. Bob could probably he could probably hit one more big punt. Uh, I don't know beyond. What's Abby up to? Yeah, Abby Khan. I don't know. 
I don't know if Bobby's ready for a <laughs> game yet. Skinny now. He's too skinny. Yeah, he's way, he can't play football anymore. He's way too skinny. Why? Well, well, are you ever going to go on another cruise again? That's what I want to know. That's my pressing yeah, question. It's, well, it's funny. I've been asked that, and people who don't know, my wife and I enjoy cruising. Yes, I'll be on the first available cruise next winter. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, book. we've already got one Maybe booked. You're the only okay? person on the boat. No, we've already got one booked. Now, I'll only go if it's if it's clean and healthy and all the rest of it. Now, you're in the medical supply business. Uh, Doug, yeah. have you continued to work? That's a serious question. Or have you had to kind of sit down? and just wait this out yeah no um it's funny because all all the electives uh got canceled and uh we're we're just kind of warming up starting up again and and there are urgent cases that are going but for a while there yeah there was uh nothing going on uh in terms of uh elective cases and and that's kind of where we get involved so um my partner monica she's in the real estate business so uh, she's been working full time because she was deemed uh, essential service and she's been very careful and following all the protocols set out by her industry. So I have been uh, the primary child care uh, giver for months on end. And uh, I'm so excited for you guys to have me on the radio because I finally get a break <laughs> from trying to keep up with an 18 month year old uh, runner. You, normally we're on our second walk of the evening right now. Uh, so it's uh, it's been exhausting trying to keep up with children. Yeah. It's just, oh. oh it's impressive how much energy oh. kids have, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great, but, I mean, I'm I'm 45 years old, Bob. I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Actually, I'm 46, I just lied, but, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's not easy. My goodness, what a what a change, what a, what a different direction I've had it in. But it's been super rewarding spending all that time with her. And uh, I even, you know, she threw up on me for the first time the other day. So I saw that on Twitter. Milestones, I'll always yeah. remember. <laughs> hey, Christian, I got one more for Doug, and then I'm going to turn it back to you. Sure. Um, Doug, what's the for the players now who are kind of on the edge of their seats waiting, and they've now found out it'll be September if there is a season at all. What's the biggest challenge for them now and, and in the weeks ahead? Yeah, it's it's planning. I mean, there's a lot of Type A personalities in, in pro football, and you you're not used to not having. This is your scheduled time, right? This is your time where your world shuts down, especially at training camp, where uh, you know every day for the next two three weeks, every minute until nine o'clock at night, you're scheduled. You have something to do to keep you busy, and it's all football centric, and uh, you know you're 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 confined you're you're locked away you're you're almost i mean it's almost uh you're socially isolating from the rest of the world because you're so inundated with football and uh and that schedule eases up a little bit but you know pro football during the season is a seven day a week business if you have a day off it's it's training it's rehabilitation it's film work it's it's preparation so really you're going at it for for six good solid months there in terms of uh, you know, being really indoctrinated into what you do, fully immersed in your, in your craft and trying to hone and perfect it. So right now to not even know when, like, this is just, this would throw such a monkey wrench in terms of your, 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 your preparation for your training, when you're going to peak, you know, you have a time you want to show up to camp in, in this kind of physical condition and you want to start lifting heavier at different times and you want to change your, your conditioning and, and your sprinting. You want to, you want those things to ramp up. So, uh, you know, with all these question marks and all these things in doubt now, it, it's got to be really, really difficult on the professional athletes, let alone not knowing, you know, for 
obviously there's a percentage of guys on the football team that, that got a large degree of their salaries early on in the year in January and such. But uh, to another, uh, another, the majority of the percentage of these football players, uh, their income comes from those game checks. And, uh, you know, that's probably already been cut in half if there's going to be any income whatsoever from pro football this year. So, so many questions and concerns. Off the top of this, yes, Bob reminded us all that there would have been a game Sunday and the three of us would have been calling it, quote-unquote. I, I mean, I, I don't really feel right lumping myself in with you two, getting my, you know, once in a while toss in some sideline tidbits with you guys. And Bob tosses it down to me for an interview when he remembers. Um, but it's, <laughs> Good shot, it's usually Christian. a great time. Uh, Doug, for you right now, I mean, you've got your daughter obviously taking up a lot of your time. Normally, football would be taking up a ton of your brain here, too. So what's that brain space being used for now? Oh, wow. Um, figuring out how to put you know, her outfits on every day. <laughs> Trying to, I bought her a hockey stick. Uh, I've tried to teach her uh, how to ride a tricycle. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's things I've never even thought I would consider um, uh, uh, approaching or, or working on. It's been uh, all child-centric things for me, all different activities for her, figuring out. Uh, my house is just transformed into a, a, a giant uh, playground right now. So there are, there are plastic uh, children activity toys uh, in, in every room, inside and outside. So it's been, uh, it's been quite a carnival of, uh, of little kids. And it's kind of fun to watch them. Just one more thought on the kid uh, trail here, Doug. It's fun to watch them sort of emerge from the infant stage where they can start to talk and communicate and develop a personality. It's quite a transformation, isn't it? Yeah, especially when she says no to every single yeah. thing I say right now. <laughs> That's so the way it works. Uh, <laughs> unbelievably defi- I didn't know something so small could be so defiant and just want to establish and assert herself so frequently. It's like we can't do anything without some sort of meltdown, Bob. And uh, <laughs> it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Yep. I literally don't know what to do sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll be going on a walk with her, and she tells me she wants to go the other way. And if I don't turn around and go the other way, I'm going to hear about it. So I usually just follow her directions and instructions. My, ad- my advice, Doug, would be you're the adult. Assert yourself. I'm a, yeah, I'm having a hard time okay. doing that right now. She seems more... <laughs> more authoritative and, and powerful than yeah. me. And she certainly gets more upset, but yeah, okay. I'll, I'll try and take that advice. I'll work on that. All right. I got it. Let's go back to the football talk again. So one of the things the league has done is gone to the federal government and asked for some financial support. Uh, fair enough. And they were criticized for not having the players involved at the beginning. Now here's a question, Doug, and I've been thinking a lot about this. I know Christian has two players get paid and you reference their paychecks, Doug players in sport in football get paid when they play a game. That's how, unless they sign up, you know, get a signing bonus for a con. They get paid when they play a game. Let's say there are no games this season or half a season. If there's no games and the league does get some money, how much of it, if any, should the players get? I think it depends on if you're planning on paying the coaches and the executives with that money. Right, and it, they are, funny. and they are. Yeah, well, if if they are, then I think uh, a percentage of that should also go to the, you know the coaches won't be coaching anymore, right. uh, but they'll be getting paid. The executives, yeah, they'll still be running the business to a degree, but it certainly won't be the same 
as uh, when it would be an, in an in-season deal. And uh, the same with the players. If they want the players you know, to stay in their relative conditioning and not have to reinvent their lives and go chase other uh, uh, ventures and, and, and methods of employment, then, you know, if those other two levels are going to uh, receive some of that money, then obviously, you know, the players can't just be trotted out when the league wants to show a, a face of continuity and, and, and brethren, you know, when they want to say, Hey, we're all in this together. And, and, and the members of parliament are asking, well, aren't the players the most important part in the face of this game? You can't just put them out there and say, yes, we are. You can't just pay lip service to that. I think if, uh, if different levels of CFO organizations are going to receive funding, then the players have every right to that as well, because they make up uh, obviously the most important and critical part of the game. Christian, you weigh in on that. Well, you look at the months now we have until that they're go- there's going to be games. There's a lot of time to work this out. And I'll be interested to see, Doug, what happens if there isn't a season at all, what the league does with one-year contracts. What could happen with those? Do players get them re- you know, moved over a year? Do you think that could be a big stumbling block as they try to figure out contingency plans? Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be a heck of a negotiation with the CFL Players Association because they're going to want to do what's in the best interest of their of their membership and obviously the CFL is going to want to do whatever they can to stay most viable in this situation. So, that's a that's a big time negotiation. You're right. That's a very valid concern. What do you do with guys on one-year contracts if that one year disappears? Does that mean they're automatically on it next year? Um, are you paying them? So, you know, are, are you not paying them? So it's suspended. I really don't know. You know, these are fantastic questions and uh, you know, there's going to have to be a lot of compromise and ground given up, I think on both sides, just to make sure uh, everything is squared away. If they do, you know, uh, have an opportunity to get some funding and, and continue on uh, with this fantastic league in 2021. I'm the ever-charming Christian O'Mell, according to Bob Irving, even though at Trinity 504-36567 doesn't think so. That's okay. Bob Irving and Doug Brown here tonight on the Bomber Hour. Doug, what do you think of the idea of a Grey Cup in Winnipeg in December? (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that. I did read about that, how if uh, whatever team has the best – well, you got to remember – the team with the best regular season record, they still have to make it to the great cup. Right. right. You only have that opportunity if uh, you have the best record and you make your way through the playoffs. But uh, my goodness, I hope it's early in December and uh, I hope conditions are favorable. That, that is all I could say about that because some of those November great cups have been, uh, those have been treacherous and, and dicey to deal with. That's for sure. Some would say, Doug Brown, that the the CFL should just say, hey, forget about it. This is just not going to work. If we're going to have a season, we're going to make it a full season. Uh, and yet, the, I know across the league, they, they have a, almost a desperate feeling. You want to play some games. And if you're only going to play eight or nine, um, I don't know. I think this idea to have the first place team host the Grey Cup game because they've moved the Regina celebration ahead of 2022 uh, has some appeal to it. I mean, it, every team then has a chance to host the Grey Cup game. That's never happened before. That's a bit gimmicky, yeah, I, but I, how I are you going to do a, it? I think it's a fantastic idea, and I very much think that some football 
is always better than no football, yeah. right? In any scenario, any, and I think it, it changes the dynamic of the game. I mean, it goes from a marathon of a season to a straight up sprint. And I think it favors teams like Winnipeg that have a large number of veterans coming back, guys that won't need to get up to speed, guys that have played together. They have that continuity. They have that cohesion together. Totally changes the dynamics of the Canadian Football League if there's a, a, a truncated, uh, a nine-game abbreviated season as opposed to 18. Now there's no recovering from, you know, a bad stretch of games. It's all you got to be on from the get-go uh, for positioning, for a playoff opportunity. It's a, it's a sprint through those nine games as, as opposed to, you know, potentially, you know, pacing yourself. I mean, every game is important in the CFL, but as they say, you know, nothing gets real till after Labor Day. Well, if the whole league starts after Labor Day, it gets real in a hurry, and the intensity and everything is is right there, ramped up. Yeah. Listen, Doug, the last time we were on the air was in that uh, Great Cup postgame party where the city was going wild. Give us your uh, kind of recollection of the, the days and weeks following that Great Cup win as you moved around the province and encountered people. Uh, what, was, what was it like? It, was it as wild everywhere you went as it was during those few days after the game? Yeah, it was, it was pure elation and, and it was euphoric and it was just, people were just so happy. I mean, you always have people, you know, in a community that's passionate about its, its football team. Uh, you know, people talk to you about football all the time, but the, the effect this had on the people here, it was, it was just tremendous. You know, you, you just, you couldn't help, um, but but feel you know a, a part of it, b- being able to experience and, and follow this team and and watch them uh, you know go through the season and 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 develop even over the years as well and and tinkering and putting these pieces together. I mean it was such it was such a Winnipeg way to win a, a championship with you know doing little adjustments, you know, getting your quarterback with so few weeks left in the season, having to go on the road three times, having to win in Calgary, having to win in Saskatchewan. It's like the hardest way ever to win a great cup, but that's what you had to do to overcome, you know, it was kind of a, a, a small window of, of the 28 years of drought. And it was all kind of compressed into one playoff push and the way it affected people was was just fantastic. It was it was incredible just to see uh, you know how happy people were and and proud of their football team. And I think uh, uh, from the amount of uh, merchandise you saw fly off the shelves there, people were very very proud of of, of those players and and that that football team. Hey Doug, thanks for doing this. We'll talk again soon. And now you get back to looking after your sweet little daughter. Yeah. <laughs> my break time is over. My You're friend. back at it thanks right now. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Thanks, guys. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.